0: Hello, everyone. My name is Christian Evans, senior news editor of the Augsburg Echo Student Newspaper, and this is the first episode of the Echo Podcast. Each week, we're having conversations with Augsburg students, faculty, and community leaders to highlight the issues that are impacting you, the Augsburg student body. Some background on our first episode before we get to the discussion. Last year, religion professor Mark Tranvick wrote an article titled The Role of a Lutheran University which highlighted Augsburg's history and challenges moving forward with its religious identity. In the episode, we discuss how religion can play a part in both a person's exploration of their professional and personal identity. This is the Echo Podcast. We're here with Professor Mark Tranvik to discuss the necessity of the second religion requirement and the debate around uh, whether or not it will remain in the future of the Augsburg curriculum. Professor, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Christian. Great to be here.
0: So I think, first of all, especially for students who are new to Augsburg, um, there might be a little bit of an information gap as to what exactly is happening with this second religion requirement. So I'm wondering if you can kind of draw the lines of the debate and provide some information as to what's going on.
1: Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, For a student who's new or maybe students who have even been here a while, just a kind of a a background statement that I'd make. Without going into too much detail, Augsburg is uh, historically a college and now a university of the the Lutheran Church. In fact it was founded as a Lutheran seminary um, back in 1869 and then evolved into uh, a a college and university as well. The seminary left in uh, 1963. So this is a this is a school with the deep roots in the Lutheran tradition and uh, in our mission statement which we hope that would guide the sort of way the college thinks about itself, uh, its public presentation, also of course what it offers to students in terms of classes. Um, its mission statement um, contains the, the clause that it's guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church. So there um, there is currently underway a curriculum review and what is taught in our general education curriculum, the classes that all students have to take, um, Currently, there's two religion requirements. There's religion 100 and also a requirement in a class 200 or above that students take. Transfers are only asked to take uh, religion 100 if they transfer in at junior status. Um, But otherwise, most students take two religion classes, and we are in the midst now of having a big discussion in the faculty and in the university as a whole, of course, it involves students and staff too. Uh, as to whether that um, those two classes in religion should remain or not. So it's by no means settled. We're really early in debate. Um, The conversation will take place this fall, but one proposal that is out there from the General Education Committee, made up of faculty members, is that uh, there will only be one religion class uh, in the future. Uh, Yeah, so that's kind of the way things shape up right now.
0: And the way you see it right now, I believe that obviously as a religion professor you see that second religion requirement as a part of not only what Augsburg is dedicated to teach as an institution but also very important to the individual student development.
1: Right yeah I'd make the case that for students um, I realize that not all of our students are Lutheran in fact just a minority of our students are Lutheran now but I would make the case that as we understand the core of the religion requirement, both classes here at Augsburg, is the core is to develop a sense of vocation or calling for students. So help them think about their lives in terms of their gifts, help them think deeply discern what they're good at and what they're not good at, where they struggle, help them think about what about the community they're involved in and what sort of needs are out there in the community. And then because we're a Lutheran University, we don't apologize for introducing the faith dimension in that question as well, but we don't mandate a faith. Uh, we, but we say that faith ought to be part of the discussion. You know, bring it if you're an atheist, that's great. Um, Bring it if you're an agnostic on the fence. Bring it if you're someone within a faith. And that doesn't just include Christianity. It would include Jews, Muslims, um, somebody who's a Buddhist or a Hindu or animist, whatever. But bring your faith tradition into the discussion. Um, We really want to stress that the Lutheran tradition is a generous tradition. We're not trying to close discussion off, but we're trying to open it up. And we think that it's really important that students don't come to Augsburg just thinking about what they're gonna do for a living, but they're thinking also about why they're gonna do what they're gonna do. It's really important to ask that question.
0: I wanna go back to something that you touched on a little bit, and that is the idea that I do think there's an increasing number of students, not just at Augsburg, but nationally, that don't identify with an organized religion or don't identify with any particular faith. And what do you say to a student who is at the point in their lives where they say, you know, I was maybe raised one way or another since I've come to school or since I've really grappled with my faith. I've come to the conclusion that I don't think organized religion or religion, uh, larger entities like of religion are for me. Uh, why should I continue in this development when I see perhaps my development with faith over, my relationship with a faith over. What do you say to a student with that sort of mindset?
1: Yeah, I'd say a couple things. I mean, I recognize that a lot of our students do come with that perspective. They have a lot of questions about faith. I don't meet too many that are settled, but they do have a lot of questions. So the first thing I'd say is, in those courses, we honor those questions. I mean, yeah, bring it. I think it's great that you um, think long and hard and deep about whether or not we're here just by accident or there's a reason behind it and just what that might mean for who you are. So on the one level, I think, yeah, we are unabashedly, we're unapologetically an institution where faith's gonna be part of the conversation. And um, I don't think that's a bad thing, number one, for people to review or think about just what faith means or does not mean because I think a a lot of people have erroneous views on faith too. Second thing is we're in a world where faith is here to stay. Um, In some ways in the West it's become much more secular in some ways but we know the world as a whole is not very secular at all. Most people have some kind of religious belief so if you're going to be in any way conversant with the world with the political Situation in the world, you've got to know something about people's religion. I mean, I can't imagine being a political science major, for example, or a sociology major, and not knowing something about Islam or Judaism. I mean, just to understand, for instance, the Middle East. Furthermore, your neighbors have a wide variety of faith. In my own neighborhood in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, it's a <laughs> it's a blue-collar inner-ring suburb. Just down the block, I have Hindus, I have Muslims, I have Christians. Um. You know, just to be a neighbor to those folks, to have relationships with those folks. This is going to happen not only in the neighborhood, but also, of course, in the workplace. It's really important that we understand one another's faith, that that sort of common good can be pursued. It's a I, so I would argue literacy in terms of faith is really important, religious literacy, but also, um, um, yeah, just to push the question. Why are we here? What are we doing here? Is it just about what you're gonna do for a living or shouldn't we step back and ask why we're doing what we're doing? That vocation kind of question. I think it's um I think it's
0: really important. Right. And I think as an overarching idea, all of that is very sound. But when we're talking about the specific requirement of the second class, yeah. right, I I didn't I don't think anyone would hear what you have to say and be like, No, we don't want that. No, that's not important. I agree. But when it comes to the second the second class, particularly a class that has a broad variety of options, that is not just Religion 100, mm-hmm. how can you expect that this second class is fulfilling everything you said in addition to a litany of different topics, right? I spent three weeks traveling and following around um, the path that Martin Luther in the Reformation, and you're, you're better for it, I might add. I would, some. I and I had a wonderful <laughs> time. I had a wonderful time. But what I would say then is the challenge becomes: okay, all of what you just said is correct, but is that exist or does that framework exist within every single second level religion course? Because that would be, I think, that's a tough claim to make. That that's in, an important thing, but is that being lived out in? In our curriculum. Yeah,
1: that's a great question. And I think that's where the department, frankly, is being pressed a little bit. Um, I don't claim that we all live up to that in the second religion course, but I do think we have made a commitment um, as we, you know, I mean, the first class, the religion 100 class, we go wide, okay? Unapologetically. Right. You have Absolutely. to go wide. Mm-hmm. In the second class, you go deep. And I think and there's a sense in which, I don't mean it just simplistically, you go deep in order to go wide, too, in the sense that, for instance, I teach a class on the Giants of Faith, where we look at uh, Dorothy Day, the great um, social crusader, um, urban renewal agent in the in the 20th century. Look at Martin Luther King Jr. Look at Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and but you also do that. We don't just look at historical people or personages, but we also say, okay, so what do these folks have to teach us about how we live in our world today? And um, I think that gets replicated. For instance, Hans Verzma teaches a class on religion at the movies. The, the central theme of that class is not just how religion operates in movies, but also what does it mean to have a calling as we watch these kinds of films? How, how does this film make us think about who we are in light of our faith or lack of faith or questions about faith? Um, Mahin Zamin teaches a class on Islam. I know Mahin is absolutely absolutely convinced that vocation is central to Islam. So he teaches with an eye toward that. So when students take that class, they're learning about Islam, of course, but Maheen also stresses, oh, by the way, these are vocational kinds of questions that come up. So could we improve Of course? In a way, this, the challenge from the you know, general education committee um, is probably good for the department in the sense that it forces us to sort of go, okay, we need to really double down here and make sure this understanding of vocation is central in all these courses, but I really believe that if they take two courses, a student, if you took, you just took one course, it just, I guess I go back to the saying, right, you you just go wide and you don't go deep, and it becomes kind of superficial. I think the second course maybe sparks something. I hope it does for students. I can't guarantee it, but it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's sort of like I can't prove it, but I, but I have an intuitive sense that it makes a difference. Yeah, What do you think?
0: Well, I wanted to ask one more question, and that's for students who both want to shape the debate yeah. about the second requirement and who might have input on how do I make sure that the religion department or the religion requirement uh, reflects definitely a challenge to me personally, but also is making sure that my personal faith experience or lack of faith experience is acknowledged. So if I'm a student and I say I want to have my voice heard in this debate and the curriculum of the religion department, what do I do? Yeah,
1: there's some open hearings coming up that are listening sessions that are meant not just for faculty but for staff or students. That'll be publicized in um, in, uh, uh, in, in our uh, online obviously in the, on the, the university's website. Um, this, uh, I think um, um, the other thing that, that could be done is um, talk to members of the religion bar. If you've had a, if you've had a second religion or if you've even had one religion course, um, and you feel strongly about this, then pull one of us aside, send an email, get in touch with us. Say, you know what, I'm with you on this one, or hey, I'm not with you. Here was my experience. It didn't work out well. Or here's what you need to do to bring it up to where it needs to be. Um, so. The open hearings, um, one-on-one, I, you know, one-on-one makes a big difference to me. Just something about that personal contact and having that conversation and that back and forth. Uh, it doesn't have to be long, but five, ten minutes on this topic makes a huge difference. It's like all matters political, right? Um, you utter uh, you your voice. Uh, people are more likely to listen. And if you keep silent, we don't know what you're thinking.
0: Perfect. Well, Professor Tranvick, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to seeing how this debate moves
1: forward in the future. Thanks, Christian. It's been great talking to you. Another big
0: thanks to Professor Mark Tranvik for joining us for this discussion. A reminder that the Echo podcast is brought to you by the Augsburg Echo. New issues out every Friday, and we're on social media, on Twitter, at Augsburg Echo, and you can like us on Facebook. Special thanks to Winston Hecht for making the music you're listening to now. Thanks for listening, everybody. We look forward to the next conversation.